Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The go through some emails, check your calendar, see that you have a 45 minute break in the day between meetings, realize this is your moment. So you drive right to McDonald's to pick up something extra delicious ASAP meal. Thank you. There's a meal for every moment at McDonald's. Buy one of your select faves and get another for just a dollar every morning, like a sausage McMuffin or hash browns. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Valid for product of equal or lesser value. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Cowboy meal valid when product served. Welcome to episode number 78 of the LSR Podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by the brightest minds in all of the gaming industry with me. I have Dustin Galker with me. I have Adam Candy and his fantastic hair, if you are watching on the video form of this podcast. Guys, we are on all the places that you can find audio podcasts. So go Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, go in, subscribe, rate, and review. We really do appreciate that. Um, You should follow them on Twitter as well at Adam Candy, that is two E's, no Y, at Dustin Galker. And of course, if you hate yourself, you can follow me at Matt Brown M2. We're going to talk numbers as we always do, and they are really, really good. We're going to talk about a very big deal and a new player getting involved here in the sports betting industry in a very big way, in a very expensive way. We'll see how we we think about that all playing out. We'll talk about Michigan, a couple of other states as well, and of put a bow on this story that came out a couple of weeks ago about a guy claiming that he had his account frozen because he was winning too much money and making all these good bets and stuff. So we'll, uh, we'll see how that all plays out, but let's go ahead and kick things off here. Dustin, there are numbers that are coming out from all of these States. And listen, we are pretty bullish overall on the future of sports betting in the United States. Don't know if people can tell or not, but (laughs) these numbers These numbers are, I mean, even for me, when I saw these things rolling out, I was just, I really was, I was like, wow, this is, uh, this is even better than I thought. Yeah. uh, I mean, we're going to talk about a bunch of States here, uh, quick hitter style, but it is, you know, with the return of of football, uh, growing States, everything going on, we are just getting to huge numbers. We're, we're to the point now, we'll talk about New Jersey first, where we're going to see a billion dollar month for handle, which is, you know, kind of inconceivable. Nevada is not even sniffed of that. But, you know, we had New Jersey here in uh, October had uh, almost uh, but a little over 800 million in, in wagers, which is a, a large number, obviously the most in any market uh, in any month so far. Uh, again, buoyed by the, you know, the, the return of football, the middle of the NFL season, college football coming back and, and more, even more volume on that as, as, as more teams were playing. So just a, a huge number. And yeah, I mean, I think we're talking this time next year, we're going to be seeing a billion dollar month in, in New Jersey. That's not out of the question, not a, not a guarantee, but uh, you know, we're going to see that in some state uh, eventually. I think that's the lesson out of this. Yeah, I mean, these uh, Adam, when you take a look at at the numbers and we kind of run down the states here, I mean, you know, Jersey, Pennsylvania, we understand those were going to be huge numbers. I think what really kind of got my attention was just like the 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 ancillary states here that, you know, haven't really been putting up eye popping numbers. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, wow, 
these guys are major players, despite the fact of whatever the size of the state, despite how long it's actually, I mean, the maturity of most of these states and the penetration through into the public has, is not had very much time to get there. And we are getting some really incredible numbers from those as well. Matt, what fascinates me most about the way we're seeing the numbers develop right now is the states that are in close markets that are not cannibalizing each other, at least until this point, right? Like we talk about New Jersey and we know that with New Jersey that we also have the New York market to factor into that right now. New York is letting plenty of money walk across the border into Jersey. But then you also take Pennsylvania, where you have the Philadelphia market that's not all that far away from Jersey. And both of these markets are coexisting and putting up enormous numbers. I mean, Pennsylvania is past a half a billion itself now. Then you look at Illinois and Indiana and you see Indiana putting up what is a record month, whereas we had been thinking for a while that Indiana was being essentially buoyed by people coming over from Chicago well, guess what? The Illinois market is doing just fine on its own, and that's nowhere near maturity right now. It's just benefited from the unfortunate circumstance with COVID-19, where Governor Pritzker suspended the in-person registration requirement and thereby made the Illinois market competitive. And that's not even to mention what's going on in everyone's favorite test market out in Colorado, where you're seeing huge numbers as well. So again, I know that, you know, we sort of have the evangelist tag for, you know, for how this can grow. But right now, the numbers are certainly bearing out our bullishness. Yeah. And and Dustin, from the early going in Tennessee as well, I mean, it looks as if Tennessee and we, you know, we, we've talked a lot about the fact that there aren't very many southern states that are really involved in all this. Most of the states we're talking about are not located in the south and certainly the ones that are Mississippi that has come online, uh, Louisiana will be aren't going to have, well, we think anyway, mobile registration. We know Mississippi doesn't. It doesn't look like Louisiana, at least at the very beginning, will anyway. So you you have this all online market there in Tennessee. And from the first couple of weeks of operation, it looks like Tennessee could be a player. Yeah, uh, 27 million bet in the first week, including the numbers in Tennessee. You pencil that out. Uh, you know, may, maybe there is a little bit more right in the first week is. But, you know, as they add users, you're going to see probably I mean, that means first month of operations going to be something like 100 million more than that, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we're, we're just uh, and yeah, it's only three operators there too. Tennessee has a lot of a lot of room to grow. Actually, four operators is another local uh, MGM DraftKings FanDuel and Tennessee Action, a local operator, which probably didn't do a ton of handle the first week. But there's a lot of room for Tennessee to grow. And, and like I said, it's on an Island there in the South. You know, if you had people traveling all the time to SEC games, you probably get a little bit of, uh, of drive in traffic there, but yeah, I mean, it's an encouraging number if you're Tennessee to start off, you know, seeing that. Um, and yeah, again, echo what, what we've seen in other markets. It's, uh, it's just, it's crazy to see the numbers that are coming out. And, you know, as we've seen, it's, it's, uh, we didn't even put this on the show notes, but it's interesting that, the ratings for all this stuff is, are down, but sports betting continues right. to grow. I mean, part of that is just uh, is just access, right? That's you didn't have the option to bet on bet online, but mm-hmm. so people are people are finding betting options, betting on games in in record amounts, while people uh you know people are tuning into the games less. So I think there's, I mean, that's an interesting data point. It's not hard to pull a ton from that, but you know, sports betting, new options growing, you know, we've seen plenty of examples of leagues and teams wanting to tap into this. And, you know, I think these numbers kind of bear that out. And and I'm glad you brought that up. And Adam, this is kind of what a lot of these sports betting operators have been preaching for the longest time. I mean, this started 
back in the daily fantasy days. This was one of the very big talking points of DraftKings and FanDuel was, hey, look, a more engaged sports fan is better for for everyone here. And I think what we're seeing is, is, look, even though the ratings are down with like the casual fan, the people who are deciding to bet on this and people who are betting, it obviously is something that they're still that they're still tuning into because they're t- they're betting more money. They're putting more money in play. I've heard some of the in-game numbers. I've heard some of the in-play numbers, the in-round numbers for the Masters tournament this past week from a couple of different bookmakers have told me was above and beyond even what they could have expected as well. So while the overall numbers are down, these invested sports fans are continuing to pump money into this betting economy. Yeah, you just said the magic word there in terms of casual, right? When we start talking about the TV ratings, I think we need to understand that you're probably removing a lot of the casual fans when you remove the sports bar crowd, mm-hmm. when you remove the you know house party kind of crowd. You're, you're basically taking a lot of the traditional viewing options away from folks and essentially saying, go watch it at home or don't watch it at all. And that, I think, can account for you know, for some, at least of what we're talking about with the TV Mm -hmm. ratings, but what you just said, you talk about these fans who are fans who might be watching the game anyway, who you bring in and engage in a different way, where it's what we've talked about for a long time, where you bring them in as $40, $50, $100 betters, as opposed to, you know, what I think some in the community thought was going to have to be, oh, well, you know, your, your traditional sports better putting, you know, a, a you know, a grand mm-hmm. down on a weekend. Well, no, that, that's not where this market's going to grow. So that engagement is certainly notable, as Dustin said, during a time when the TV ratings are down. And of course, when we look forward, And we see that, you know, unfortunately, the country looks like it's headed toward another period that could include, uh, you know, more restrictions and more lockdown. If the last lockdown that we saw is any indication, all online numbers in terms of casino and sports betting grew during that time. Yeah. And hopefully some of these states that are still trapped in the Stone Age when it comes to that will come around. Because, again, like you said, things looking like looking like it's going to tighten up before it loosens up and we know if you have to go in person to sign up and the casino is not open then you can't sign up and so uh hopefully some of these states get the uh get the drift of how to We're go looking about. at you nevada hey, hey i'm not mentioning any names around I here am. nevada 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 exactly um all right adam so we had some interesting news come across it was floated just a couple of days before that Yes, it's called Fox Sports Regionals, but they were actually owned at at one point by Disney, which was ESPN, which is then bought out, had to be sold and bought by Sinclair. So they were still called the Fox Sports Regionals, even though they've changed ownership twice through all of this. And there was a a rumor that got floated that, hey, maybe they were kind of open to rebranding these stations as something maybe with one of these sports books or something. And it took not very long for the news to come out that that was indeed the case. So we have a pair of deals that go into this that are really interesting, if only because of the players, right? We're talking about some players that I don't think we've really spent a lot of time discussing as, you know, major M&A candidates. But let's start with what you just talked about with the Sinclair situation where this group of regional sports networks that they've now entered into a deal with Bally's and essentially Bally's when we say Bally's is the rebranded Twin River after that acquisition. So now we look at that and say, you know, that they've paid a fairly pretty penny for the naming rights to Sinclair, you know, upwards of $80 million here. 
where they're talking about some synergy with the content, right? And we've talked for a long time about how are we going to do betting focused content that isn't necessarily betting content. And we talk about being able to integrate the live sports that are on regional sports networks and be able to overlay betting content into that. I think that's where you see the opportunity with Sinclair and, you know, with, with Bally's also now you see Bally's jumping in as a more legitimate operator. Uh, they acquire bet.works, a company that we've talked about plenty at Legal Sports Report uh, that had been a software provider and, you know, essentially had been kind of looking for the right spot and they found it. A $125 million deal with Bally's to be rebranded as Bally Bets as they try to make more of a push into the U.S. sports betting market. It's a recognizable name. It's not recognizable, mm-hmm. you know, on the order of an MGM or a Caesars, but you know, I, I think Bally's is a name people will recognize at least, and it certainly is a sign of a real legitimate push with both of these deals that they've made. And Dustin, when we take a look at this as well, I mean, you start to look at the penetration that Bally's has. And if you haven't, you know, again, we hadn't spent a lot of time talking about this company because, again, they weren't really part of the discussion until yesterday. But (laughs) you look and they're legal in a lot of the states, actually, that have legalized sports betting. And if they're not and if they're and if they're not, um, I mean, they have they have properties there. And if they don't have properties as we speak today, they are in the process of acquiring properties in many of the states that have legalized sports betting as well, including Nevada, including Louisiana that just passed, including Illinois, Iowa. So there are a bunch of different places. So they're actually positioned fairly well, so long as there, you know, will be remote registration. Of course, if you buy a casino in Shreveport, which is what's happening in Louisiana, and there's not remote registration, you have a, you know, you have a, a small amount of people that you can cater to in Nevada. They're buying a, a one in Tahoe. It, it would not affect the people in, in Vegas. But uh, these other states that have remote registration and, you know, Colorado, for example, Illinois, Iowa, all these other ones, um, they, they actually have some some decent inroads here. Yeah, I mean, they have plans to be in like five states right away, I think, or not right away, but as soon as they can get going. So, yeah, I mean, not quite as big of a footprint as as some of these companies have, but it's pretty big and uh, it is in, in key sports betting states. And, you know, you go go get some more market access deals. You know, again, you, we, we talked about this before, but uh, offline, but you, you put this much money into this. You're not going to just do a little bit. This is this is a serious mm-hmm. play. You're, you're getting branding on 21 regional sports networks. You're getting you bought your own platform for nine figures. This is this is a, a, a high a highly valued play to try to get into the sports betting in the U.S. And, you know, obviously, we, you know, we've been saying all along, we're going to see more competition, more players. And this is just this is yet another example of that one. We didn't even really see coming to to leverage another brand and a, and a platform to, to really try and existing uh, casino licenses to really to get into sports betting in a major way. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. And and Adam, from a content standpoint, you know, I think this is a way for us to see content in even a more unique way than we've even seen because you know look you do content on on in, in the space i you know i have a television show on a network that is is around sports betting as well you know and uh, and we do a, a certain thing that we do on that program and you do certain things that you do and the what they do at daily wager is is a certain place and they have one on fox as well but with these guys having all of these regional teams around all where, where they own the rights to these games and these teams are going to be playing. I mean, 
the possibility of having a 30 minute lead in to maybe the 30 minute pre-show where it might be like a 30 minute betting preview leading into a 30 minute, you know, actual game preview or something like that. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. And you have to know that it was part of the deal with all this. They're not just paying the 80 million just to be called Bally Sports South and Bally Sports West. There's going to be betting content as a part of this. There's going to be betting television shows as a part of this and how deeply they get kind of ingrained with the teams that are, that are located on these channels is, is what I'm really interested to find out because it's going to be different than what we've seen really across any of these networks that's doing content right now. Yeah, without question, Matt. And look at the history that we've already seen, even in a brief history, where we've seen a couple of teams like the Washington Wizards do a bet-themed broadcast on their regional sports network, right? And Mm -hmm. sort of just dipping a toe in the water of this. And I think what you mentioned with owning the rights is the key piece to all this, because everything you just mentioned about what you and I do separately and what other people are doing It's all something that would require you to be watching at a different time or to have Mm -hmm. a second screen experience as opposed to having it fully integrated into your game watching, which is ultimately where this is all going, whether it's in-app streaming, whether it's regional sports networks or whether we see more like what was experimented with in golf last month Mm -hmm. where you have odds directly as part of the broadcast. So where we're going is toward that integration, how it gets done. This is a really interesting deal to see how it gets done because the RSNs give you a lower stakes playground to work with it. Right. Uh, You know, networks are going to be a little bit more reticent with the amount that they're paying for rights to jump in on these things. But when you have this deal that is essentially saying, no, we want to try to do this. We want to find the right way to do this. And it's at the lower stakes of a regional sports network. Yeah, I think this is where you see the breeding ground begin to get it up to the bigger deals. And a lot of these RSNs, uh, the rights are with baseball, you know, and we know baseball, slower moving. There's a lot of time that maybe, you know, you do kind of do a pop into the studio for an update of what the live odds might be or, you know, different things like that. So it will be very interesting to see how they go about all of this and and how just how deeply integrated it becomes in the program but can't imagine the 85 million was just so they could call it bally sports southwest i don't think that that's going to be uh i don't think that that's going to be what we're looking at here there could be some t-shirts involved there could there could there is um (laughs) dustin let's uh let's head out to michigan a state that we've been following fairly closely we have talked to ad nauseum about you know the various sports teams that are available there not only from a college aspect from a pro aspect and how we think that michigan could certainly be uh, a, a very interesting state but when do we think we're actually going to be up and going there it feels like we've been saying thanksgiving for about forever <laughs> and as seeing as thanksgiving is right around the corner and that that's not going to happen unless something drastic happens here to like today uh, <laughs> there's there's not going to be online betting online sports betting online casino in michigan uh, on thanksgiving the process has gotten stalled with uh, getting some rules approved in the legislature this stuff needs to take happen before it needs to happen before anything can actually move forward as far as actual operators going live so we're we we don't have a set timeline here, which is obviously bad news, but we're looking maybe December, maybe early January. Everybody's happening is hoping that the, everything's live by the Super Bowl. Obviously, that would be a big deal to get to get sports books up. Otherwise, you're you're launching into uh, the world that like a Colorado did without a whole lot of sports going on or in the middle of of an NBA mm-hmm. season or MLB season. So football getting live for some amount of football or at least for the Super, uh, Super Bowl. 
possibly March Madness. We're not even going to get into whether March Madness is going to happen, although there's a plan for that to happen. But we're, we're unfortunately not going to see a launch this month, but hopefully either next month or early in 2021 for Michigan. Yeah, we... We, we could go off on a whole whole tangent about college sports as to uh, as to whether or not they should even be happening. 14 college football games canceled already this week as we're recording this. 15 last week, 10 the week before. So uh, 100 players per team. You do the math. We're talking thousands of kids that have been uh, involved with all this. But uh, Michigan, hopefully we can get that going by the end of the year, get a little bit of the football season in before we head into the other major sports that are going to be starting. Looks like NBA is going to be the 22nd of December. Adam, a couple of state updates. Let us know about Massachusetts and Ohio, please, sir. Well, if you insist, uh, Massachusetts <laughs> went and did exactly what we thought they were going to do. They rejected sports betting right now. Uh, the Senate mm-hmm ultimately opted not to adopt an amendment that would have put it into the current fiscal year budget. This is something that got backed up from the summer, overwhelmingly passed in the House, but got tied up in the Senate. Uh, The word that we hear is that coming around next spring into the new session, probably a better chance of some sort of sports betting getting through in Massachusetts. And when you look around at that market and see that New Hampshire and Rhode Island both have it legal, both have mobile, uh, Massachusetts, certainly a state that's missing out right now. The governor is interested in getting it done, uh, has included some money in his budget for it. So we hope that uh, Massachusetts has a better chance next year. Ohio. It's interesting. Ohio has some similarities to Michigan. Sorry, Buckeyes and Wolverines. There Hmm. are things that you can say are the same about you. Uh, Michigan has had a lot of it's happening right now. Wait, it's going to take a few more months. It's happening right now over and over again. And that's kind of where we are in Ohio. Uh, There was a hearing this week. It took all of 10 minutes. It was basically what we expected with some submitted testimony and an understanding that this bill is going to change. Uh, The sponsors, some of them are either going out based on elections or based on term limits. So Ohio is still a likely state to get things done, but it looked a lot better before the pandemic started when we were going into year two of a two year legislative session where everything had been laid in terms of groundwork in 2019. 2020 looked all set to go. And now obviously things stalled out. But again, Ohio is a state where when you look at all of the bordering states, essentially Everyone has legal sports betting in some way, shape or form around Ohio. And, you know, you see the Cincinnati market leaking out over the border and realize that Ohio has a lot of incentive to get things done. But again, that's another state that'll be looking toward next year. Tons and tons of news that has gone on, maybe not worth all of us to, uh, sitting here and just kind of going over. So be sure and head over to Legal Sports Report, written stories on uh, the win and their investment in BetBull. There's a new sports book launched in Colorado as well. One of the markets that we are talking about that's going to be super interesting because when this is all said and done, there's going to be a massive amount of competition in Colorado. So another one's launched over there. Be sure and take a look at that. FanDuel. Um, talking about their Q3, all of these stories over at Legal Sports Report. So be sure and read those articles to keep up with all of those new stories as well. Dustin, one of the things that uh, we were able to kind of follow up with and, and props to Adam and his team over there was this DraftKings story because something came through and it didn't seem like it was quite made a ton of sense about them allowing a guy to bet via, to bet via proxy when it uh, wasn't allowed to be able to, to bet via proxy. And he claimed that, you know, they were, they were shutting him down about all this, but 
there was a follow-up to all this, and it seems like maybe there was only one side of the story that was reported. Yeah, interesting story, and it's you know it was definitely uh, the talk of sports betting Twitter, and it's it's you know this this is when we see stuff that uh, intersects with regulation and how things are going in the U.S. It's obviously important, and we we got into it, and and Adam uh, followed up on the story. There, again, this VIP customer said he was using a proxy to bet in New Jersey. Said DraftKings gave him, hey, this is okay, you can do this. Obviously, in most states, that is not allowed. You're, you have to be present in the state. You have to say, you have to be using the app yourself. You can't just say, "Hey, go bet for me," or or use any other means to bet. You know, that's a that's a kind of a hallmark of of the regulatory framework we've seen in New Jersey and elsewhere is that you have to be you have to be the person the sports book knows who the person is this is again one of the parts that's uh, good about the regulation and trying to make sure that uh, there's a uh, people are doing things on the up and up and you know who the betters are and things like that so there's a there's a obviously some what, what some disagreement on what exactly happened uh, you know DraftKings said they never authorized this customer to be uh, to engage in proxy betting and you know uh, if DraftKings did say that to that to the person then they're they're probably in violation of of rules in New Jersey or anywhere else they were to do something like this so uh, you know there's also a question of exactly how big of a deal this is I guess in my mind yes this violates regulations right. I, I'm not I'm not here to say that if DraftKings was violating regulations again, mm-hmm. it's not clear at all. That's what they did. But if you know, if proxy betting happens in Nevada, if you if you know who the person is, that's great. It's uh, you should be you should be able to do that. And this and again, people are already people, this is happening. I can guarantee you in lots of states, it's happening with offshore sites. It's happening all over the place. It's a matter of whether it's you know what what uh, to adequately police it and you know again if this was happening all over the place if people were betting all over the place in terms from one state to another that's bad you know if if DraftKings said this was okay to this person that I think that would be bad but the proxy betting in and of itself again uh, I know you and others you know you get get requests from people to bet on Mm -hmm. on stuff in your state this is happening on a casual basis the size of it here is is the problem I think if if Somebody's doing this on on that scale, so I don't know. I, I, I it is it would be bad to violate regulations. That's that much is clear. So I'm, I guess I'm curious on Adam's thought on all this. Like, how big of a deal do you think this is? You know, it, you know, in terms of reporting it and what you've learned from DraftKings and following the story. Adam, the uh, the quote you guys got, uh, but any claim by this customer that he received a verbal agreement from Johnny Avello to place out of state wagers on his New Jersey mobile account through a proxy is patently false. Um, I'm going to echo Dustin's sentiment here. So I am also curious about yours. Um, look, at the end of the day, I am not for breaking rules. Rules are there for whatever. So I'm not advocating if if whatever happened here, I'm not advocating for skirting rules and breaking rules. However, what I will say, the rules being in place in the first place to me just seems like another barrier for us trying to keep everything in legal jurisdictions, in legal markets, and not going offshore, right? I mean, like, at the end of the day, we're we're still trying to keep all of this money in the states if we possibly can, and we're trying to, and we're trying to protect betters, whereas if this money was flowing offshore, no telling what could happen to something like this. I understand guy lives in Florida, placing the bets in Jersey, not legal there. Had he done it in Vegas, it would have been a different story, but uh, at the end of the day, I'm not, I don't really care about this all that much. If I'm, if I'm being honest with you. 
I think you guys are underselling a little bit, um, but I also understand the perspective that you're coming from of, well, we know this happens. So let's start from the very beginning of this. And uh, my newspaper background, I want to give credit where credit is due. Matt Rimbletowski of Sports Handle first reporting this story. And uh, we followed up on some of the things that I think were maybe not necessarily clear from that first piece of the story. When we talked to DraftKings, you just mentioned the quote, right? So DraftKings gave this quote that I think was very specific, that there was not a verbal agreement, which I think also makes clear there was not a written agreement Mm. for this. It would not be okay in New Jersey. That would be against regulations. But what you guys are talking about is the wink, wink, nod, nod. Yes, we know that, you know, everyone's got a guy, right? Like that's not that's not news. What is news, and I can't report this on the record entirely, I don't have full sourcing on what I would like to know, but some of what I've heard has suggested that the way that the potential violation came into light, uh, first of all, was self-reported by DraftKings, and second of all, was a fairly egregious and obvious way of flouting a rule, Um, Mm -hmm. and I think it's one of those things where what was done potentially was so obvious that it would be impossible for anyone to look the other way. Um, (laughs) And, and I'll leave it there for now until we have more details that I can report. But to your point, Matt, about offshore, when we get down to it, what is this ultimately? This is ultimately a wire act problem, right? This is ultimately Mm -hmm. something that screams about the need for modernization of the wire act because This would not be a problem if we did not have a law from 1961 that prevented people from betting over state lines, right? The idea that we can't have national betting, that we have to talk about these markets as 50 fiefdoms if they all chose to (laughs) legalize is patently insane in the modern era with the internet. We're talking about something, we're being governed by a law from 59 years ago that is causing this regulatory issue. So is it a regulatory issue? From what I understand, yes, there is a regulatory mm-hmm. issue that I think is potentially a little bit larger um, than what we're uh, what we're selling it for there. But I also think that this is a situation that should not exist because it's all based mm-hmm. on trying to dance around this old law that needs to be modernized. Yeah. And that, that's basically where I was going with this. It's like, you know, l- look, the rules are in place. Let's not break rules. However, let, let's let's get a, something in place where we're not having to deal with something like this. I mean, you know, is it is it really all that bad if someone who lives in the United States is, start, is trying to place a bet within the United States in a legal market, in a legal way where, you know, this isn't like through a bookie or whatever, you know, this isn't through whatever, trying to place a bet in a legal market through a legal licensed vendor. I don't know if there's all that big of a problem here outside of, as we said, technically there's a barrier to doing that right now. So maybe let's uh, let's go ahead and try and get that cleared up. If at all possible <laughs> out there, people uh, guys, as I mentioned, every single thing we talk about here, full written breakdown over at legal Adam and the team doing an awesome job of everything over there. So be sure and check that out again, even some stories we didn't get to. So you'll be able to find some more information over there about everything that's gone on over the last couple of weeks in this crazy industry. We'll keep you update updated on all these states that we talked about as well as to any, you know, any more news coming out of Michigan, any of the other stuff that might be breaking in these states and when you might expect the next state 
to pop as far as legal sports betting goes. Follow Adam on Twitter at Adam Candy. That is two E's, no Y. Follow Dustin at Dustin Galker. And again, don't follow me, but it's at Matt Brown M2 if you want to follow uh, for whatever reason. You know, maybe your kid likes uh, likes my horrible sports takes or something like that. That'll be, uh, that'd be the only reason you would want to do that. Um, for Dustin, for Adam, I'm Matt. Talk to you guys next week. The go through some emails, check your calendar, see that you have a 45-minute break in the day between meetings, realize this is your moment, so you drive right to McDonald's to pick up something extra delicious ASAP. Meal. Thank you. There's a meal for every moment at McDonald's. Buy one of your select faves and get another for just a dollar every morning, like a sausage McMuffin or hash browns. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Valid for product of equal or lesser value. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Cabo meal valid when product served. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.